Just a note, Interrupting Grace, Living the Way of Love at Redeemer will feature some of our favorite previous episodes through the summer and will return with a new episode on September 3rd. Just a note, these interviews were recorded at the beginning of 2020. Um, A lot has changed since then. A lot of how IHN functions has changed. However, um, we still need to serve our neighbors and support our mission. So see how you can support IHN today. Years and years, I've always wondered, why don't churches use the space that they have to uh, to help people outside of the Sunday services? And coming here and, and hearing about IHN, I'm like, yes, like this is what it's all about. This is Interrupting Grace, a podcast from the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm Annie Stevens-Gleason. IHN in Cincinnati, it stands for Interfaith Hospitality Network, and in Cincinnati, it's a shelter program for families that are experiencing homelessness. That's Hollis Bass, one of the former champions, many champions, of IHN at Redeemer. Uh, My name is Hollis Bass, and I've been coming to Redeemer for almost 22 years. Um, And over the course of those years, I've been a church school teacher and a member of the Bread Guild and on the Parish Profile Task Force and um, a volunteer for IHN. Interfaith Hospitality Network of Greater Cincinnati began on October 26, 1991 with a day center and eight congregations who opened up the doors of their churches and synagogues to homeless families. I think it's important for people to know that IHN was, in Cincinnati, it was started by a group of churches in the late 80s or early 90s. And it was eight churches, I think. And Redeemer was one of those churches that started the IHN in Cincinnati. And... um, So we have a really rich history with IHN, and some of our parishioners are among the people who founded the program. And so, you know, you can talk to people like Tom Hill and Janice and Gary Lubin, and I'm sure that there's others who were there, you know, in the very beginning. And, you know, they've got some stories, uh, but I think it's important that we don't forget that, you know, we started this. Our people started it. Um, So we really want to do everything we can do to maintain it. I think I started volunteering with IHN. Um, I think it was about 16 years ago. I was trying to count back the years. Um, I think it was about 16 years ago, and we started volunteering as a family. So Mark and I would come with our boys, Noah and Sam, and I'm pretty sure they were about five and seven years old when we started doing this. So we would come as a family and um, do dinner or activities with the IHN families. In a normal year... Redeemer hosts IHN families about six times a year. What happens when the families get here? They get here about 5.30 and just in time for dinner. And there are volunteers here to greet them, 
and volunteers who bring dinner, they've prepared it or bought it and they bring it here and the volunteers serve the dinner and they also eat with the IHN guests. So everybody's eating together, talking, um, sharing, kind of just like a big family. I mean, basically we're inviting people into our home because Redeemer is our home. And so we're inviting uh, the families that are homeless to um, basically come over for dinner and spend the night. <laughs> um, so after dinner, we have more volunteers that come and they do activities mostly with the kids. Um, it might be taking the kids outside to play or kick a soccer ball around, um, read a book, help with homework, watch a movie, um, do a, an art project, just color. I mean, it could be, you know, putting Legos together, really simple stuff. And then you also sometimes just sitting with the adults. So it's not just the kids. A lot of it is the kids because um, we obviously want to give the parents a break because, <laughs> you know, it's just like every, anybody else. It's the end of the day and they're tired and it's nice for them to have somebody to come and play with their kids. Um, but we also spend time talking with the adults. Two of those many volunteers are Sarah and Steve Nord. Hi, I'm Sarah Nord, and uh, I'm an occupational therapist here in Cincinnati. Um, I'm from the Youngstown area originally, and uh, let's see, Steve and I have traveled quite a bit and have landed ourselves here in Cincinnati, and we, we are really loving our time here. Steve Nord, uh, I am a software developer in the Cincinnati area. Uh, originally came from, originally from Northeast Ohio, Akron area, um, I've been in Cincinnati for about two years now, uh, and I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. We've been helping with um, part of the IHN leadership team stuff, um, not as captains, but more so helping with uh, developing materials, uh, such ideas. as, yeah, materials and ideas to help um, move the program uh, in different directions with bringing new people in, right. and um, even in my role with my background as an occupational therapist, designing different materials that can help uh, with activity design during those activity nights. I'm not playing with kids all day like my wife, Sarah, um, as an occupational therapist. So the activities group wasn't always my calling. Uh, but then there was one breakthrough where uh, I think it was Hollis sent us a, like a list of sort of what the kids' personalities were like. And the one was like, oh, they're really rambunctious and they like to be outside, blah, blah, blah. So like instead of like being cooped inside, we decided to go out onto the playground and we're, we're running around, we're having fun. And it was getting a little roughhouse. And so Sarah being sort of trained and like always thinking on like on her toes, she goes, let's try to make an obstacle course where it's structured. We can kind of have competitiveness, but we're not really pushing each other around and we're going one at a time. And it was beautiful because we were, each one was going, going, going. And the two brother, there were two brothers that were very, obviously very competitive. And Sarah goes, well, how about you guys try to do as a team? And you guys, you guys can only finish as a team and that'll be your fastest time. And like their faces lit up to like do an activity together as brothers. Um, and then their mom came out and was watching and she goes, oh my goodness, they're like, they're competing, but they're like doing it together. And she had like this like huge glow on her face. And I think that was one of the moments I was just like, wow, this is a really cool breakthrough. Um, and so we didn't really find them to be rambunctious. We found them to be kids. Like they wanted, they wanted to be outside. They wanted to be running. Um, they're stuck at school. Like Sarah always says, she's like, you ask kids to sit in school all day. And then you come to IHN and you're like, 
they they don't really want to be inside like sitting. They want to burn their energy because that's what their occupation is as kids is to go play and burn off energy. So this was sort of the, at the beginning. This was when I wasn't really feeling called to this area is when we were we were playing with a kid who was black and his his reality was like we'd realized his reality was so different than ours because we were playing and him and Sarah were playing. I think he created a police officer game where he was a police officer and he was like getting very aggressive and saying, hey, I'm a policeman and I'm I'm going to take you away and put you in the back of my police car and take you to jail and getting like really ramped up about it. And I was like, oh my, at first I was like, well, no, that's not what policemen do. And then I'm thinking, wait a second, like that's what he has seen. But it was just so interesting to um, to hear that that was his perception, and it was so different than mine. In our time helping at IHN, uh, we love playing with the kids and um, doing things like obstacle courses or crafts or even helping the kids with their homework. And um, also, though, we found it really, really meaningful to um, have the opportunity to talk with some of the parents who are there too. And uh, some of our, we leave certain nights after having conversations with those parents with just a totally different perspective and um, just excitement to be part of a program that is um, beneficial to everybody involved. It's not just like we're there to, to serve these families, but they're there to also teach us a lot too. And um, one example is that there was a mom who came in and she was telling us about her story and how um, she moved across the country to Cincinnati to help a family member. Vegas. Yeah, she moved from Vegas and something fell through. There was some kind of a family dynamic that um, didn't end up working out. And she ended up on the streets with her kids. And it was just like nothing she ever expected, um, totally out of the blue. And it, it made us realize like, wow, um, homelessness is not is not always kind of what we think it is. And it doesn't always happen in ways that we think it do. It could happen to anybody. And um, so that was just very eye opening. And, you know, sitting there and talking with these these caregivers and, and hearing their story. And uh, it really it really just opens your eyes to to what's going on out there in the world and and how um, sometimes people have th- have um, have different things stacked against them, you know, and it's just not, it just gives you a different, a different level of compassion. Thank you to Hollis, Sarah, and Steve for sharing their story. And from Cincinnati, Ohio, the queen of the Midwest, this is Interrupting Grace, a podcast from the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer. And how are you the interrupting grace?